0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Playbook, with Joey and Zach. Super pumped to be back here, first time in, I don't know what it is now, maybe six months. Uh, tonight we're gonna get into a bunch of different topics of everything that's happened recently, a uh, ton of stuff going on across NBA playoffs, uh, BC football and basketball, getting back for the summer, senior week for us on campus, graduating and all that. Um, so super pumped to get into everything.
1: Yeah, so me and Zach finally back another episode in, we've been meaning to for probably about two, or three months now uh, since, the beginning of the NBA playoffs for sure. We tried a few times and just didn't find the time during senior week and everything, which was tough. Uh, but now we're doing this one live here on FaceTime. So hopefully you guys enjoy it for the future of our podcast. We may not be uploading as much to uh, Spotify anymore. I think uh, we'll be losing that subscription. Uh, but we'll still be doing YouTube uploads at some point every now and then. We'll see. Maybe we'll get Spotify back in the future. But for now, our Spotify subscriptions only until July 1st, so we'll definitely be doing some YouTube uploads, uh, so pay attention to that. We do still have our Instagram as well, so we'll see what goes on in the future. We can still still keep it going. Maybe do some you know, recorded live episodes together when you're in Southie and, you know a few months from now, so uh, we'll see mm-hmm. what happens yeah, there. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll keep it going until the next year. For sure, Absolutely. why
1: not? Uh, so we'll start off tonight with the Celtics. Like you said, a lot going on in the NBA. We'll start with the Celtics, then talk NBA Finals, talk about some rumors around the NBA. Potentially having Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron James team up in Dallas. We'll talk about Chris Paul getting waived today by Phoenix and what that means for his future. And then, as you said, we'll talk about BC, whether it was senior week, whether it's re- uh, a recap of intramurals, whether it's a weekend trip this past weekend to New Jersey and New York. We'll talk about it all uh, and then get into some BC basketball and BC football, uh, like you said. So let's start off with the Celts. It's tough game, seven loss to Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. Obviously, brutal. we expected... The Celtics to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. We expected to lose. If we were to lose, I think everybody expected to lose to Milwaukee, not to Miami. But Miami just, they're a different animal when they get to the playoffs. What did you see for the yeah. Celt- uh, in the Celtics, I guess, in the playoffs overall, whether it's in that series, Atlanta, Philly? I guess the Eastern Conference Finals are probably the most important series. So I guess in the Heat series, what did you Absolutely. see on the
0: Celts? Um Honestly, pretty disappointing start to finish. Maybe save for games four through six. Uh, starting off game one and two blowing two late fourth-quarter leads to the Heat. You just can't let that happen. I mean, I know they've had an edge over us. They felt the same way last year. We're more talented, but they just have an edge mentality-wise and defensively. Um, but can't blow those two games, starting off the series, losing your first two at home. I mean, tough performance at the Garden all across the entire playoffs, uh, starting with the Atlanta series and getting to Philly as well, which um, is very disappointing all around. And then finally making it there to game six. I mean, you know you have a chance when it's now 3-2. to two. Derek White, hits that miraculous shot at the end of the game the force is seven and honestly game seven might be might have been one of the most pathetic games I've ever seen. I mean, obviously it's top starting with the Tatum injury. you can't really uh, predict that happening, but this team is deep enough where someone else could have stepped up honestly. I mean Jalen Brown, brutal game with seven turnovers, um, even guys like Brogdon who did have a minor injury that affected them throughout the series. Um, but now the rest of the team, too, there's plenty of guys in the team can step up, one through ten on the roster, um, and it's just tough to see, so definitely got to regroup, come back next year, I think having a full season with Missoula's head coach will help a little bit more, at giving them a full off season and everything um, but for now, it's obviously super disappointing um, I mean, just the entire playoffs, too bringing Philly to seven, Atlanta to six those are series that shouldn't have gone too long, and I think guys were more worn down than they should have been by that point, because so I really think we should have swept the Hawks, and then should have probably beaten Philly in five realistically. I mean, we blew Game One. I um, mean, Harden had that master class, but still, I mean, we definitely could have made that series a lot shorter than it had to be. Um, so, no need for that to go seven. I thought we were the more talented team, the more cohesive team. So, sucks that series going so long. But, what are your thoughts
1: on the Celts? Uh I think you said it perfectly about the length of you know each series: six games, seven games, seven games. The more games you play, the more likelihood there is a the player gets hurt. That's obviously what you see. And, you know, Jason Tatum getting hurt in Game 7. Whether or not the other series went 6 or 7 or not, that doesn't mean automatically guys are going to get hurt. But like you said, I mean, guys do get worn down. It's not just an injuries thing. It's also fatigue. If you look at a team like Denver, they only played, you know, five games, six games, and then four games, you know, to get to the NBA Finals. They're a lot more well-rested. They're healthy. No injuries. Look at the Celtics playing a lot of long series where they shouldn't be. They should have beat Atlanta four or five games. I think five Probably, you know, you'd still be all right with it if you lose just a game, considering mm-hmm. sweeping a team's not easy in today's day in the NBA. Uh, and then if you look at it, the Miami series, or the Philly series is next. They should probably be Philly in six, especially with Embiid missing a couple games in there, and Harden having some just bad sure. games. Harden did, did have some really good games, but had some bad in there as well. And then if you look at game seven against Miami, or even game six against Miami, the Celtics got really tired, obviously. And then, obviously, Tatum's injury doesn't help, and they were shooting so poorly, it was... Abysmal the way they're shooting in game seven. In game six, I mean, they shot mm-hmm. uh, three or nine of the 42 from three, 21 in game for seven, them. which is just abysmal for a team that shot we like so well, well. <sighs> I mean, all yeah, season. A miracle.
0: We won game six shooting that poorly as well, but
1: yeah, game, game six seven, was I mean, bad you can't too. Do that two
0: nights in a row against a good defensive team at like Miami. I mean, they'll make you pay for it for sure
1: 100. percent And then if you look at the last two games. They were 16-77 of from three, which is 21% in their last two games. Miami was 28-58, of 48%. So 48% versus 21% is all the difference in the world, especially, like you said, when Miami's playing great defense. The Celtics were poor defensively in the last few games, especially game six they probably should have lost considering uh, Miami was so poor in the paint. If Miami didn't shoot as poor in the paint as they did in game six, that would have been a much different game. The Celtics got lucky there, and then obviously with a Derek White miraculous shot, Things seem to go the Celtics' way in Game 6 towards the end. Except, I guess, with that Jimmy Butler foul. But they got the extra, you know, six-tenths of a second on the on the game clock. That makes a big difference for Derek White's game winner. But mm-hmm. that, that series shouldn't go for seven sure. games. And then if you look at it, they shouldn't be down 3-0. I mean, just to, be go, to go to Game 7 mm-hmm. down 3-0, being one of the four teams ever in NBA Finals or NBA Playoffs history to go to seven games after being down 3-0, you shouldn't be in that position. Like you said, talent-wise, the Celtics mm-hmm. are the better team talent-wise. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean
0: going down 3-0 is terrible for sure I mean I had no expectation that we we're gonna win that series but seeing the life the team came back in game four game five of significant wins over a team of Miami I finally thought we were kind of getting some confidence and momentum back we really put the pressure on them to game six going down to Miami for one last game on the road uh for them so yeah. I mean going into there I thought when we came out with that Derek White's the shot i thinking we're never gonna have that bad of a shooting net again and we're going back home for game seven yeah all the pressure was on Miami and Celtics just came out completely flat. It looks like no one wanted to be there. Jalen Brown, what a terrible game. I mean, all yeah. around, there was really no nothing to highlight in that game, honestly. No player that really wowed me. I mean, Derek White was probably the best player throughout the series. Uh, he had a solid night, but still, I mean, it was – no one stepped up to win that game. And, I mean, you could yeah. tell, even when he started to bring the game back within, like, four or five in the third quarter, you could still feel it. Like the team had no energy, and we were just kind of getting – Yeah, that's unfortunate looks, but they never really felt like we're going to win that game after the first five minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, Derek White was the only good player really in the last couple games. He was two of nine from three, though, in game seven. Uh, Obviously, with Tatum's injury, it left a wide open spot there for Jalen Brown to step up and, and take over, and he just didn't do it. 19 points eight rebounds, five assists. That stat line's not bad. If you look at the 19, eight, and five, that's all right with two blocks and a steal. It's a one of that's nine right. from three. It's the poor yeah, shooting, eight of brutal. 23 from the floor. Eight of 23 from the floor. Eight turnovers, exactly. I mean, the points, rebounds, assists, if you look at just the box, you'd say 19 points isn't great, but if you look at the shooting, that's obviously the issue. The one for nine from three is an issue. The eight turnovers, and the eight turnovers is probably worse than the shooting because I think if you, you can <laughs> win some so sure. games one for nine from three. I mean, Tatum... You know, it was one of four from three in game seven, five of 13 to four. You can win games when players are shooting poorly. Maybe not when your top two is shooting poorly, but if the, that individual mm-hmm. step I mean, was eight 23, you can win stepping games. Up,
0: making threes like Derek White, Marcus Marley did in, uh, what was that, game six. Game um, six, yeah. Yeah, you can still win games like that.
1: But not with, the you know, obviously the 8 terms yeah, makes a big difference.
0: 8 turn is huge. That yeah. went to points, too. How much mind was converting those into points, yeah.
1: It's, Definitely. So I mean, that's a difference maker right there. there. Difference maker mm-hmm. right there. So we're talking JB. Uh, and a big question for the future for the Celtics is, do you keep Jalen Brown or do you trade him? Obviously, that's a big question mark for the future of the Celtics. What would you do? I know you're obviously a, a big Celtics man, so it, it seems like a lot of the big Celtics are one way or the other. Either keep Tat- keep Brown and Tatum together or trade Jalen, keep Tatum. No one really seems to be in the middle. How do you feel about it?
0: Uh, I would say keep Jalen. I want to keep both of them. It seems like a lot of people are starting to move in this direction. Um, I really don't think we're going to get any better making a trade for a different player or younger players are pieces that better fit around Tatum necessarily. I do think the Ross construction could use a bit of work Any another center that can stay healthy um, and is not as old as Horford. I mean, Rob Williams and Horford are both great players, but one of them's old and one of them gets hurt all the time, so it's kind of tough having those are only two legitimate big men. Um, but I really don't think you can get any better trading away once in a I mean, Jalen Brown is such a rare player to have, and I really think trading for a guy like Lillard, that's going to shorten our window to about maybe two years now, and I really don't even think a team, even if it was a Jalen Brown for Lillard straight out, maybe Adam Brogdon too, I really don't think that team is winning a championship, so I really don't see um, any kind of incentive to make a move like that, and I think people forget too, because it feels they've been in Boston for so long, but Tatum's still 25, and Brown's 26. Um, I know a lot of great players haven't won their first championship to 26, 27, so I'm still on the wagon to give it another year or two and I mean, kind of see what happens with the two of them. I definitely think Ross Construction could use a little bit of work trying to find a piece that work well around them. Um, I think the Souths need to get back to their older identity as a more defensive team. It seemed like this year, identity was all the three ball. and I mean, there were some nights we were blowing out teams and then nights when it wasn't falling. I mean, you saw how it was game six, game seven. So
1: yeah.
0: that can't be our only identity of the floor. We have to have something else that works, especially when it comes to playing teams like Miami or else we're never going to win the championship.
1: Definitely. I mean, I think you said it well, obviously, with with trading Tatum, or trading Brown that is. You trade Brown and keep Tatum and you trade for a guy like, let's say, Damian Lillard, it does shorten your window, definitely years. That And that's implied if you can keep Jalen on a long-term contract. I mean, right now he's only on you know contract for just one year, $28 million for base salary. But if you were to trade him, yeah, you do get a guy like Lillard, you probably only get two, maybe three years of a winning window. If you could sign Jalen Brown to a max contract at five six million five year deal i think it was five years mm-hmm. 290 or 280 something like that you obviously have a longer window uh you know to win there especially considering he's going to be you know still 25 30 years old by the end of that contract uh and still probably even get another payday then you also do have a longer window or you know have a chance to win you know with him but i think My worry with the Jalen Brown situation is, I think the Celtics will want to keep him, especially with how Brad Stevens talked about him, you know, the end of season press conference. But I think the issue, I think, could be maybe Jalen. There's a chance that he wants out and wants to, you know, be, you know, his own guy on, you know, be the guy on his own team. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, it seems like if you look at it, Tatum and Brown, they know they can get to the NBA Finals. I mean, they did it last year. But I think an issue could be if. Brown wants his own team. I that that's the only thing I worry about. Mm-hmm. I think the Celtics wanna keep him though.
0: I can see to that too, yeah. So, I, mean, time will definitely time now, and I guess we'll turn up this summer.
1: If you request a uh, trade or something, you never know. But I mean he's got one year left. So I it means the Celtics still can say to him, No, you're gonna play and screw it, you know, and not trade him even if he wants to be. But I think if he if he <laughs> wants out, I think there's a incentive to trade him just because you don't want to just keep him and then have him just walk. You know, so I don't know. It's yeah, a tough position. Sure. Tough position for Brad Stevens there. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I mean some other things you mentioned, Al Horford, I mean, who knows? What's going to happen there? Rob Williams, very injury-prone, pretty good player, though, when he's out there. And I think the Celtics need a true point guard. I mean, Chris Paul did get waived today. He's on the older end, but they could use a facilitator out there at point guard.
0: Yeah, we definitely could use a uh, veteran floor uh, for general at point guard for sure. I you know mean, there's I'm a saying? lot of holes in this team, too, and a lot of question marks this summer. I mean, even guys like Grant Williams, I mean, I'd love to have him back, but you know a team with the magic that's out to get him is going to try to offer him, you know. 17-18 million dollars a year Something like that One team will give that to him Honestly probably Maybe
1: so. overpay him at 20 Yeah just to get him mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I mean a a
0: Team like the Magic Tula Knows they're not going to Give me any other free agents I wouldn't be surprised To see him pick up a guy like that So I mean, At that point It's probably just not even worth it But then At the same time too They're running out of depth pieces That have been crucial To our last couple of years Success So I mean A lot of decisions made This summer for Brad Stevens um, Definitely want to get a more um, Commanding point guard More of a playmaker um, a center or two that can stay healthy. Uh, those are probably my two biggest needs this summer.
1: Definitely. Honestly. I'll tell you, point guard's a big need. And then, obviously, if you look at it, like you said, a big man. And I mean, there's a lot of questions about sales. You said Grant Williams, obviously. That's a big one. Uh, there's still one more year left to Robert Williams, I believe. And he's a free agent. Uh, mm-hmm. So you got to see what the future is with him. You have another guy in uh, Danilo Gawinari. Missed all the, you know, this past season with an ACL injury. He's another guy that could definitely contribute on this team. They could use him. Uh, Rob Robert Williams actually has two years left, or three years left. I thought Rob only had one. He's got three. He did sign an extension. Okay. That's why he signed an extension. I forgot. Uh, but if you look at a guy like what 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 is a future hold for him? I think he has a team option, I believe. Or a, no, it's a player option for this year, and then he's a free agent. What is a future yeah. hold for him? I mean, that's another guy that could mm-hmm. potentially be gone even, or he could be a free agent right now. Yeah, if he's coming
0: back. I mean, he posted something with the Celtics on his Twitter the other day, so I'm hoping he stays because, I mean, I'm assuming he'll take a vet minimum like he did this year. um a, some, a uh, small contract, definitely. At uh, that point, but uh,
1: he's on the end of his I career. Big nice
0: guy to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, getting older. Mostly just a three and D guy now, but that's honestly the kind of guy we could use. Just a three and D backup a guy that can come in and give you fifteen twenty minutes a game behind the two Js. So
1: one hundred percent. I mean, he's a great player off the bench. Could shoot free throws. So you can have him in the game in late situations. Not turnover prone at all. Uh, you know, very steady. On offense, doesn't turn the ball over, shoots free throws well, free throws well, and can shoot the three and spread the floor. And also, as a veteran, I mean, turning 35 years old, he's seen it all in the NBA, he's been in a lot of playoff games. So, he's not a bad guy to have. But he could opt out. And then, if you look at it, I mean, there's there's other guys that which Mike Muscala's not a big big add, I mean, he's only got three and a half million. If the Celtics want to pick that up, but he's a guy that could be gone as well. So you're looking at Grant Williams probably being gone, Muscala being gone. Potentially, even maybe getting rid of Brown. I don't know. So there's, there's going to be some some spots for Celtics to add guys. At least two. There. I think Muscala will be gone. I think Grant Williams will be gone. That's two spots Celtics can add at. And then maybe if they were to trade, you know, another piece. You know, a lot of Celtics fans. Some of them are starting to get off a of Marcus Smart. Even though, I mean, consider Smart's only making seventeen million a year, which sounds like a lot, or it's eighteen million a year. It sounds like a lot, but from today's for today, again, like that's honestly, yeah, that's
0: eighteen not million much for today. I mean, exactly. Grant Williams is probably going to go out and get that in the market somewhere.
1: Exactly. Okay. So I know a lot of Celtics fans, back, especially on the radio, want Marcus Smart gone so that, since they think he's the alpha. But I think part of the issue with Smart is that it's not even his own fault that he gets the ball in big situations because Tatum and Brown pass him. It. Just like that big shot you know, against the Heat mm-hmm. in game six, Derek White fouled the ball luckily and you know, made, made it off the ricochet. But there was a good shot attempt there by Marcus Smart. And then if you look at games yes, – Four and five, I think it was against Philly, or it was game four where they went to OT. I can't remember which game went to OT. He took the game-winning shot at the end of regulation and the game-winning shot in OT. Tatum and Brown, both those situations are away from the ball. I mean, Potter could be because they doubled, but not, but both guys are going to be doubled, so someone has to step up in those situations. Absolutely. But how do you feel about Marcus Smart? Would you roll with him and just keep him on the team? Obviously, he's great defensively. So that's
0: definitely, yeah. Point. I mean, I think he's the heart and soul of this team. I think he's so not honestly, it seems like he cares the most about winning. Um, since like that's his number one goal and we need more of that kind of player on this team. So more guys that are gritty on the defensive end, uh, but can still play offensively. I mean, he's been a solid playmaker for us. Great defender, obviously first and foremost. Um, I still would like to get another playmaker because I don't think he's really got to be a great playmaker, um, but still solid. He can fill in that role if he needs. I still think we need a true point guard. Maybe Brogdon can come back and be that role. Um, still yeah. trying to figure that one out. Um, if he can stay healthy, um, but I would definitely say keep smart. I mean, Personally, I don't really understand all the talk about trading him because, like you said, $17 18 million a year isn't even that expensive for a guy like that. I mean, yeah. not just one defensive player of the year a year ago, so I would definitely say keep him because without him, I mean, who knows where the, the identity of this team's going.
1: Definitely. I mean, he's the hard nosed player on the Celtics team, obviously, the heart So I think the Celtics would definitely, uh, you know, benefit from getting. A veteran that plays tough, nose hard, nosed basketball. A guy like PJ Tucker, someone that holds guys accountable. He yelled at Joel Embiid. He 100%. yelled at Harden. You know, this year in the playoffs, you know, for the sixes. the sellers to use that. I think Smart's a good, you know, veteran leader out there. He obviously brings a, a great presence on the floor. But if you maybe added a guy like PJ Tucker just to hold guys accountable, that has been in some big games. Obviously, I mean, PJ Tucker is not, you know, the the best role player in the NBA. But of leaders in the NBA mm-hmm. that hold guys Something accountable, like play yeah. hard. He's he would be a solid add. I think the Celtics could use that since they played a little bit soft at basketball. I'd say it wasn't really. And the Philly series mm-hmm. wasn't really soft. Miami series, I think the Celtics played soft of it was basketball. Pretty
0: soft, yeah. Soft Miami, basketball. I would, I would say Philly too, honestly. A couple of the games, like <laughs> game one, coming down the stretch, there, yeah. had a lead going to the last Smart, minute yeah. and just fell apart. I mean, fell apart offensively, defensively. We need someone there, a Marcus Morris type too. I think yeah. the 2018 team, the reason why we were so successful, is having him out there. Yeah, um, Smart. I mean, going toe to toe. Guys like LeBron, even not really playing wise, but just mentality wise, he was definitely. He brought energy
1: right up there. So I yeah. like Morris.
0: A lot of energy and toughness. So definitely, I'd really love like to have a guy like him on the team. I'd love to have a guy
1: like him back. Definitely. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, the Celts could use him. Hopefully, the Clips find a way to get you know Mook back rolling. He didn't really have that great of a season from this past year. But uh one of the question marks for the Celts. Is Joe Missoula his future? And it seems like from Brad Stevens' press conference last week, it seems like the Celtics will roll with Missoula. How do you feel about Missoula? Would you blame him for the Celtics losing, you know, in seven games to Miami, or do you think it's more of a player's situation where the guys in the court have to do, you know, what their job?
0: I think it's definitely a player's stance. Like nothing on Missoula that Jalen Brown shows up and has eight turnovers and no one's making threes. Yeah. I definitely think he deserves a full off season with this team and um, gets to build his own system and hire his own assistants, whatnot. We've seen that already this offseason, him uh, hiring Sam Cassell. There's rumors out there that he wants to bring in Ronda, which I would love to have him back on the team. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think he deserves a fair chance because he was kind of just thrown into this at the end of last summer, early fall, I think it was, maybe September, honestly.
1: Uh, I think it was, well, yeah, right at the end of the season. season. Right right before the beginning of the season, obviously, with the Ime Doka situation going down. Right as the season mm-hmm. began, the Celtics looked for guys that could step in, and he was, you know, a Further down the line, assistant coach, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole, but being with the team for a few years under Brad Stevens, and then with Ime found his way, in, you know, into the starting role as the you know as the as the coach. And at the end of the day, I don't really blame him for Jamie Brown and Tatum combining for one for thirteen from three, and Tatum and Brown leading the team in turnovers. Yet again in in the playoffs, they led the NBA in turnovers as well. Before, I guess, the NBA Finals, I, I haven't really checked any stats there on total turnovers. But Tatum Brown did lead mm-hmm. the NBA in turnovers. Too much, yeah,
0: for two guys at like that.
1: Exactly, in the first three rounds. So I don't really blame him for that. Yeah. And if you look at it...
0: Yeah, something that has to be worked on for sure.
1: Maybe maybe the only thing I could blame him for in some of those situations is the timeouts. He, he wasn't really the best with time management, calling timeouts to draw our plays. But I don't know. I mean, he's a young coach. Maybe he just didn't adjust to it. I think that's something you have to adjust to. But when we look at it, he is a young guy and did get thrown into the mix late, you know, into the process right before the season began. So it's hot. I don't really blame him for any of the issues. I would still roll with him for another year. And like you said, it seems like the Celts like him. I mean, Brad Stevens did talk about him very highly. And and I think Tatum and Brown have to play better at the end of the day. I don't really blame Missoula for that.
0: hundred percent, too. And I think I definitely question Missoula's abilities as a head coach at the start of this year. Um, moving through at the playoffs, though, I think <clears throat> we definitely saw him get a little bit better. Um, in terms of taking timeouts, making proper rotations and whatnot, um, I definitely think things started to make more sense, both offensively and defensively for the team. Uh, we started to find an identity a little bit, um, a little bit too late, but I think this year, the full offseason, uh, things would definitely be different. I love the opportunity to prove himself.
1: 100%. I think, obviously, depth-wise, to the stuff could use some more depth, uh, especially off the bench in the playoffs. I mean, there wasn't really much help off the bench. Even the starting lineup, they struggled. But off the bench wasn't really too much of a spark with Malcolm Brogdon having that – you know, forearm injury, he wasn't really shooting that well, uh, having some tough nights, whether it was, you know, Grant Williams actually had a couple of good games in that Heat series, but had, you know, a couple of games where didn't really show up offensively. We didn't really take many shots, though. Uh, and then, obviously, you lose a guy like Daniel Gallinari early in the year. If you have him maybe in the playoffs, that could be a difference maker. So I don't blame Missoula for all that. I think, like you said, give him a full offseason, maybe make a couple more moves, add some depth pieces, uh, maybe he could Mizzoula. be better and, and be in a better position. But that's obviously something, something that the Celtics have to figure out. Within the next couple months, that, that that's when things will go down, You know, see if mm-hmm. they really want to build uh, around Tatum and Brown or if they want to just rip it up and, and, and just keep Tatum and trade Brown. That's a big question mark. But if, as of now, if I were the Celtics, I'd roll with Missoula, roll with JB.
0: I agree. I mean, I really don't think you're going to get any better right now. I mean, firing guys or trading JB True. or something like that. I think a lot of people's reaction after a bad season like that or a bad finish at least is, is kind of blow everything up. But I really don't think that's the answer right now because I still think we have the pieces to win the whole thing. I just think it's a matter of um, –
1: timing. Yeah, putting it all together definitely. That's, that's a big part of it. I think a lot of people did overreact to that game semi-game by Jalen. I mean, he was an All-NBA player this year. I believe he was second-team All-NBA uh, or third-team. He was one of the two. Uh, but very good player all yeah, played great. was good in the All-Star game. Uh, that's obviously a guy that you obviously want to keep around talent-wise. But as I said, my worry would be that he wants out. But that's, that's a question mm-hmm. mark for Jalen. I mean, that's not something the Celtics can control if he wants out or not. You know,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Celtics will definitely pay him if they have the opportunity. Yeah. Of- he says he's down to re-sign, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, then may as well just train
1: and if try to guess and yeah. out of it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Want to move on to the NBA Finals? We talk about our predictions for the rest? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so game three tonight, 8.30 in Miami, tied 1-1. Uh, Miami had a big game to win, 111 108 That was on Sunday. Didn't really get to watch any of the game. We had, you know, a grad party in New York. So didn't really get to watch any of it. Did, did catch the highlights, though. Uh, Tuesday morning, yesterday morning, I watched them uh, on ESPN. I uh, didn't get to watch on Monday either, so I just checked the highlights last night. From what I saw in that game, I mean, Denver really messed around too much, considering I think they're the better team talent-wise. They didn't really use much of their depth mm-hmm. in that game. Jokic was definitely quieted, you know, as an offensive playmaker. I think he only had four assists in that game. Uh, and Jimmy didn't even play that well. So if, if you lose to Miami when Jimmy only has, I think it was 20 points, and 19 20 points, 21 points. 21 points, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's tough. That's tough at Denver. I don't know. What do you see, though, in that series? It's 1-1 now.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I agree. I definitely think Denver could sweep this series if they were locked in the whole time. I mean, obviously messed around a little bit. Um, Had a lead going into the fourth quarter. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Eight points. I mean, Seven or eight. They had a chance at the the end, too. mm -hmm. Same story with the Celtics. Celtics going up into the fourth quarter with a solid lead and just blowing it. I mean, something with that Miami team, the edge they play with. I mean, Jimmy Butler, I mean, you can never write him off. And Just the entire team, I mean. They're defensive-minded, so it helps them a lot. 100. Um, I still think Denver's going to take this series in six. Um, definitely got to shape up a little bit, though. I mean, like they've been saying, too, they've been focusing on making Jokic the score, not necessarily the playmaker, but taking the other guys away. So I think it's a good strategy by the Heat, because Denver is meant to play through Jokic and get the other guys involved. But they can force Jokic to have to do most of the scoring load. Uh, could definitely play to their advantage a little bit. Um, so we'll see how Denver adjusts tonight in game three and. See if they can make another statement
1: in Miami. One hundred percent. And in Miami, got a big fourth quarter uh, out of Duncan Robinson. He had ten points in the fourth, four or five from the floor, two of three from three. That was a big, big part of the reason they came back in that game. As you said, they were down by eight, Miami heading into that fourth quarter, and got a big fourth out of Jimmy. Jimmy was one or two from three, eight points, three or five from the floor in the fourth. That was obviously big. And I mean, if you look at it, I think depth-wise, I think Denver's a better team. I think they just screwed mm-hmm. around too much in that game. I think they know they're a better team, but there's something about that Miami team that. They just play with a chip in their shoulder. They don't care what anybody thinks, whether it's me, you, the ESPN analyst. They don't care what anybody says about them. Uh, they just find ways to win games in the playoffs. So I give them credit. I thought this would be a five-game series, so I'd still roll with Denver probably in five. Maybe Miami still has another game. Who knows? I think if Miami wants to win this series, which I don't think they will, they'd have to be – I would say it would have to win games three and four in Miami just because I think when Denver gets back to Denver, I don't think they're going to lose game five. and I think they'd win, I think they'd win game six. Uh, So if they steal a game here in Miami and win either game three or game four, I think Miami's in charge. Miami wants to win the series, which I don't think they're going to. They'd have to win three or four. I'm going to roll with Denver, though, winning in five games, since that was my prediction. I'm just going to stay with it. Mm
0: -hmm. I like that, yeah. I'm going to stick with Denver in six. I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit back and forth for the series until Denver comes back into the room and starts getting everyone involved and starts playing those games that we're so used to seeing from them. I mean, guys like Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, having great games again. We didn't really see much for them. In game two, but game one, they were all great. Uh, Aaron Gordon defensively, Jamal Murray's three-point shooting and everything. I mean, that'll start to come back later on in the series. I think they go back to Miami in split games, going 2-2, back to Denver, and then Denver will take five and six. So my prediction is Denver will take tonight, Miami game four, and then Denver the last two. In
1: the series, yeah, I think think that'd probably be a good take. I'd I'd roll with that if my prediction was Denver in six, but I'm just gonna stay with five just because that's what I had. So I'll roll with Denver winning these, but I do like yours, uh, with you know Miami splitting here in Miami and then Denver taking the next two. Uh, but one thing they have to do better at is you know shooting better, especially for a Denver team that. I mean, they're 39% from three, which is pretty good as a team in game three. But they need – or game two. But they need more from Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is three of eight from three. Seven Mm -hmm. is 15 from four, which isn't that bad of a night. But you only need 18 points. And this is the guy that shot very well from
0: them. You need Mm -hmm. him.
1: You need 25 from him. You need 25. And then, I mean, even guys like KCP, Michael Portagino with just six points and five points. MPJ has to play better. One for six from three. That's a guy that can give you 15 any given night. That's what he has to do. Mm -hmm. That's what he has to do. Yeah,
0: I mean – that's what this team is built on is just all these guys sharing the wealth. And when you got these guys that have been so key to their success, I mean, really just dropping the ball in this game. Michael Porter Jr., five points. They said Jamal Murray, 18, KCP, 6. I mean, those are all numbers that have to get up, and they got to be better in these upcoming games if they want a chance to win this series.
1: 100%. And Miami's doing very can't well.
0: I expect Jokic to do it all.
1: True. I'm with you there. Miami's done very well with trying to stop Jokic, whether it's scoring-wise or playmaking. You can't really stop them both ways. you got to really pick and choose what you do. So last game, the plan was – let Jokic maybe get his points, but don't let him be a playmaker. And that's what Bam Adebayo did. Adebayo's had a great series. He's averaging 23.5 points, 11 rebounds, 4.5 assists. Uh, also adding a block per game, shooting 54% from the floor. Uh, he's been very good for that Miami team. I think if you look at Miami, they really need Jimmy, though, to step up. I think Bam can stay giving the 20 a game. I think that's probably what he's going to stay around, maybe 18 to 20 a game in the next you know, three or four games, depending on how long the series goes. series goes. But I think Jimmy needs to play better. He's only averaging – 17 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, 8 assists, uh, 39% from the floor, 43% from three. They need him to play better offensively. They need 30 a game from him if they want to beat uh, Denver in the series. And then one guy that killed the Celtics and hasn't done anything in the series, Caleb Martin, averages three points a game. I don't really know what happened to him. It's
0: insane. I mean, we knew this was going to happen, honestly. I mean, him his shooting across all seven games that Celtics series was just unbelievable. I mean, granted, the Celtics – Defense could have used a lot of work that series when we let them open in the corner a lot. Um, but that guy was not missing. Uh, I mean, I maybe something missed like two times. I felt like when he was opening the corner. 100%. It was just every single time he knew he was putting up, the ball was going in. Um, but I mean, I guess series just happened like that sometimes. Guys are just super hot for it. a stretch and then just kind of just go back to who they usually are.
1: 100%. I mean, this um, is a guy
0: that. It's obviously frustrating to see those Celtics fan the series.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, this is a guy that was shooting 74% as a total uh, shot percentage and. 49% from three, 19 points per game in that series against the Celtics. Now he's shooting very poorly against Denver. He's averaging, let me see here, I'll tell you his stats here. Averaging just 33% from three uh, uh, and adding in. oh, that's, Hold on here one second. I got it. Averaging worse than that from three. Uh, 20% from the floor, 50% from three. So that's his stats overall in uh, just three points per game. So that's got to kill the Celtics. that... Is two of ten from the four, two of four from three against Miami, uh, against Denver, and two of four from three. He was doing in, in in just a quarter against the Celtics, it seemed like, and he's only two mm-hmm. 4 from three in, in in two games. So, I don't know what really happened there, but like you said, I think Celtics fans knew he's not going to be giving you twenty five a game consistently. He did that only in you know the end of that series when Jimmy was struggling. That's when he really stepped up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think, like you said, too. I mean, Jimmy really got to step up. I mean, every series so far this playoffs, we've seen him have a couple of signature games. I mean, 35, 40 points, maybe even. Um, he's going to have to have a couple of those that they really want to take down the Nuggets because when he gets going like that, I mean, the Heat are such a tough team to beat. But like that's the way he played in game two the Nuggets definitely should have taken that game. Definitely uh, messed around a little bit too much in the fourth quarter. Didn't look really at the looks they wanted to. Um, yeah. Defense didn't hold up as well. So, I mean, you look at first three quarters, Miami was scoring 25 points and then scored 36 in the fourth quarter. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the telltale story of the game. I mean, just... Miami blowing it open offensively in the fourth quarter, and Denver failing to keep up. So, yeah, gonna have to play hard all four quarters tonight if uh, your Denver want to come out of Miami with at least one win. Uh, yeah, but, I mean it's really up to the heat now, I and mean, Jimmy Butler to See what happens.
1: I think Denver has to get the momentum back tonight. If they lose tonight, I think they could potentially mm-hmm. be in somewhat trouble. You know, making it. Be a longest series, than it has to be. I think if they win tonight, they get some momentum back, and then if they, even even they lose Game Four, they'd be going back to Denver, so they'd be you know at least on a positive note. But if they lose tonight, that mm-hmm. that could be trouble. That could be trouble for Denver. Mm-hmm. If they lose tonight. I think they win tonight, but it could be trouble if they were to lose.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you let Miami get up two one, and then you never know going back in there for Game Four. I mean, can't be too certain, especially against a team like that that really gets the edge from getting a big win like that. Because um, so, I mean, both these teams know this is. Nearly make or break game. I mean, Game Three, Game Five, Game Six; those are all huge games in the series where things can really change one way or another. So, I mean, they know how important this is, and if Miami is able to come away with this one tonight, then all of a sudden they have all the momentum going back into Game Four and have a chance to, but uh, you know, break the series open with three to one lead. 100%. Which I think, if somehow Miami manages that, I think they win one of the two games. But if they somehow manage to win both. Going three to one, then I think it's going to be
1: Miami series at that point. Yeah, that's why Denver needs to we'll win. I want to see
0: Denver coming back and winning three in a row.
1: Denver's got to win to get the momentum back. They're the better team. They're the deeper team. At the end of the day, it's the playoffs. You got to show up. It's not about who has the better roster. It's about who's playing better and putting it all together better. And who cares? I mean, you still have to play the games. Who cares what you know? Just the roster looks like because you look at the roster. I mean, the Celtics had a better roster than Miami. They had a better roster than Philly. They had a better roster than Atlanta. And those series all went longer than they had to be. And they obviously lose to Miami in seven games. It's not about the roster. It's about you know putting things together like you said and. If they're down 3-1, I'd I'd take Miami at that point since momentum would flip a ton. So Denver has to win tonight, but a lot of question marks, you know, obviously uh, you know, at hand here for Denver, whether or not it's – can you get 25 points from Jamal Murray like you should? I mean, he only had 18 last game. You need more from him there. Can you get 15 a game from Mm -hmm. Michael Porter Jr. and KCP like they're capable of? That's part of the winning formula for them is just being being able to beat you with five or six guys and give you 10 to 15 points. And that wasn't what you Mm -hmm. saw in game three – in game two, that is. Even with them having a lead going into fourth – that was without Michael Porter Jr. and KCP showing up. So, I, I mean, I guess you have to wait and see, mm-hmm. you know, what they do tonight. But they have to win tonight if the Denver wants to win, you know, this series and get back on track. I think they'll win no matter what. Even if they lose tonight. But if they want to get back on track, mm-hmm. win tonight, get momentum back, and just shift back, looking back to game, you know, looking at game four and then looking at game five going back to Denver and have a potential chance to put Miami away in game five if you win these next two. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I agree. I mean, it's tough to say, I mean, with the last game too, I mean – you knew that they blew it in the fourth quarter, but you still kind of can tell they're the better team is the way they played. I mean, all those guys not really showing up offensively, poor shooting nights from a lot of the key players. I mean, you still know that on the average night they would have won that game, even. Definitely. Um, which is definitely a tough pill to swallow for them, but got to come on tonight and respond. And these guys got to show back up Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, guys that were huge in, games one in, uh, in game one and previous series, uh, MPJ, too. I mean, all these guys that they have, they're so much more talented than Miami, top to bottom of the roster, so. Um, they definitely should be winning these games, um, especially the next two. Of Miami You've got to come away at least one if you're Denver. Um, definitely. And, I mean, if not, you got Miami too, two, then I mean, they're screwed.
1: Deep trouble. Um, I'm with you there. So, want to move on here to the Luka and Kyrie conversation really quick, or uh, we yeah, move let's on to CP3, which whichever. Well, let's start with Luka and Kyrie. How about that? So Luka yeah, and Kyrie. That. I mean, there's a chance that he, Kyrie could still walk. him. Mean, he's a free agent. But it seems like he's going back to Dallas with all these reports about him trying to recruit LeBron James to the Dallas Mavericks. Do you buy into it? Do you think LeBron actually would consider buying in and going to, to Dallas? Or do you think LeBron's staying with the Lakers and, and is committed to that contract he signed a couple years ago?
0: I think he's committed to it. He's made comments before about finishing a contract with every team. And I really don't think, for him, I think he's concerned a lot with his legacy. more than the other players um, wanted to be the greatest of all time. I don't think he would leave to join another super team, quote-unquote, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think he would love to have Kyrie on his own team, but I don't think he would ever make the move of joining someone else's team again, if that makes sense, after Miami joining what was basically Wade's team back there. Um, Mm -hmm. L.A. is his team now, and I think he wants it to be that way, and I think he still thinks he has a chance to win there. I mean, definitely not to stay healthier throughout the season and um, get some better pieces around him and A.D., um, I wouldn't be surprised to move D-Low this summer and actually sign Chris Paul, who we just talked about earlier. Yeah,
1: there's a um, chance That's there.
0: definitely a move I could see them making. But even then, I think that's not enough. I mean, Chris Paul, he's old. He's getting injury prone. I really think that team would probably be too old to win the championship. They really need some more um, younger athletic guys that can play. Um, I think that's something they were lacking big time in the series against the Nuggets this season. You can kind of see their age starting to show a little bit. Um, AD's got to be more consistent too I mean that was the story of their playoffs I mean when he was hot they were rolling all cylinders and when he wasn't I mean they just looked abysmal at times so that's definitely going to be a big story for them this off season. is what they do at those key support positions for LeBron and AD um, point guard center there's definitely some death pieces they need uh, if they want to be serious in the future so I don't really like the Ky- uh, LeBron to Dallas rumors but I could see Kyrie signing
1: up the Lakers actually instead
0: that, that definitely
1: is a possibility. I would agree with you there. I think Luca and Kyrie really, didn't really mix well, so I don't really think adding in LeBron would, would solve that, you know, the inability to play defense. I mean, Neither one's great defensively. Luca's better defensively than Kyrie is, but neither one's great defensively. Luka at least tries. Kyrie, I don't really remember making too many great defensive players, you know, over the last few years. Um, I don't think they're really too great of a duo there to have together. And then I think with Dallas, they do have solid depth, Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway, Jr. I mean, they have some solid pieces there around those two, and that still didn't work. I think if you add LeBron, I don't think it really solves all your problems there. I think there's definitely a hole there, considering Luca and Kyrie, I don't think you can win with those two guys on the same court, so I don't think it would really work with LeBron going there. Uh, Like you said about the Lakers, I think they do have to probably add some more young guys. I think D'Angelo Russell will be traded. I would agree with you there. I think he's gone, Uh, maybe try to get, whether it's a draft pick and just a, a young player that's on a, on a bench, there's a potential chance they do that just to get some, you know, young versatility, uh, you know, in their lineup. That could definitely be Ooh. a potential. I think, like you said, maybe even Chris Paul would sign there. I think that's a potential considering how good of friends LeBron James and CP3 are. And Kyrie could just say, screw it, I'll leave Dallas and go to L.A. I don't think you can really ever trust anything that comes out of Kyrie Irving's mouth considering he wanted to sign with the Celtics. Sure. He, signed with him and he didn't. He was committed to Brooklyn, wanted to finish his contract there, then wanted out. I mean, it was just all over the place. So I don't really trust anything that he says, even if he says he wants to be mm-hmm. back in Dallas. Yeah, for sure. want to to LA. So I wouldn't be surprised if he flips a switch and just says, I want to go to LA. What would I think is a better duo, though, whether it's Kyrie and LeBron, a CP3 and LeBron? I guess Kyrie and LeBron would be better considering Kyrie's younger and CP3's on the older side, uh, which CP3 only probably has a year or two left. I'd imagine Kyrie definitely has, you know, a little bit longer <laughs> than if he wants to play that long. Uh, you never know if Kyrie's just going to flip a switch and want to retire. You never know. Um, yeah,
0: I wouldn't be surprised if he... Retires early at some point. I think for the next year
1: though.
0: Yeah. Next couple of years. I mean, I'll still be around the league for sure. I mean he considered retiring a couple of years ago with the whole uh vaccine thing. I
1: think yep. it was. Yep, yep, you're right. When he you did want out and
0: considering it.
1: He did want out. Uh so we'll see what happens there. And like you said, you made a good point about C P three. Obviously now with him being waived by Phoenix, that opens up a potential opportunity for him to sign with the Lakers and not have to really give up. The Celt- the Lakers don't have to give anything to get him. The Celtics, they want him, they wouldn't have to give anything up. Uh but I just did re- I did just read though that they, they're waving them, but they still have a potential opportunity to either, whether it's tr- re-sign them on a smaller deal, trade them. I mean, they're keeping a lot of options open, Phoenix, since they have some time. I think it was before June Forget the date. It's a few weeks from now. They have they have time to figure things out. It might have been June twenty eighth. They have time to figure things out uh, to see what they actually want to do here with Chris Paul. So there's a chance that he's even back in Phoenix. I doubt that, but there's a chance they, they sign and trade him. Uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, on a smaller contract. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really say it's 100 definite. You know that he goes to the Lakers, but I think if he is a free agent, I'd say my favorite destination for him is L. A. Whether it's for sure whether it's in a you know trade or if it's a, a signing, But I don't think the Lakers could really form a trade to get him. So I think I think their best opportunity would be to, to try to sign him if he's a free agent. Same thing with Kyrie. I think you have to probably just sign him. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I agree with you. I think L.A. is probably the favorite landing spot. I mean, just the friendship with LeBron, um, their need for a point guard right now with yeah. the likelihood that they're going to trade D'Angelo Russell right now. Um, I really think his fitness system versus a lot of other teams, like even the Celtics. I know his name was brought up in a couple of rumors. I really don't see a Sunday guy like that Um, as much as it'd be nice to have. I mean, that kind of playmaking point guard. I think he's getting old. I think as much as we do want a veteran as well, he's injury prone and we've been injury riddled the past couple years years. Guys like Rob Williams and Horford, um, it doesn't really help. So I don't know. I think we need another guy that's going to be getting hurt in the mix. Um, Gallinari too. Um, So I really think LA is the best landing spot for him. Um, I mean, I guess we'll see what Phoenix does. It's still too early to tell. Um, but yeah. I think
1: that's now all signs are pointed towards the Lakers. hundred percent. I'd say Lakers, you know, it's my favorite destination for them too. But as you said, we'll have to see what happens, you know, with Phoenix in the next few weeks. Um, you want to move on to BC and talk about Senior Week and, uh, and Jamiro's and stuff along the lines of, yeah. you know, the last few weeks at BC, whatever it may be, whatever you want to talk. Uh, we can start yeah, with Senior Week. We can start with Jamiro's. We can talk about grad parties, whatever you want. Uh, now, so now – We'll, we'll just transition going, it to BC. So we'll transition to senior week, talk about it, then we'll get to BC basketball, BC football. Uh, so let's start intramurals. <laughs> yeah. Obviously tough clothes right, there, softball. Uh, didn't really go our yeah. way. Correct, we didn't really think we were going to have a chance of winning anyway, so I wouldn't say it's really disappointing uh, with the way mm-hmm. things ended up. We didn't even get a chance to play in the tournament for that. We didn't get a chance to play in the open tournament either, but yeah, I don't I mean, know. I don't know. We just kind of screwed <laughs> around too much in, in, in softball. I mean, what what did yeah, you see? Yeah, just kind
0: of messing around and having fun. It's tough not making the tournament. They only let, there was, I mean, what, eight teams in the league. And like, at one point, they said it was, like, a 16, 20-team tournament. And then all of a sudden, it became a three-team tournament. Because of
1: rain, rain outs. So. Rain outs. And then it didn't even rain or whatever until, like, later on that afternoon and that Saturday that the tournament was supposed to be. It was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we yeah, ended not so, getting I mean, a chance. Yeah, a
0: bunch of people were annoyed about that and not having a chance to get the mug. I mean, especially being senior year two, we definitely wanted to win the mug and something. When we we're so close, so many times. I mean, whether it was floor hockey, basketball, flight football, softball, wiffle ball, everything we we're right there. Yeah, wiffle ball too. Dodgeball—that's another story. Co-workers made it to the uh, wiffle ball semifinal somehow, someway. Never saw that coming, to be honest.
1: We made a run at wiffle ball somehow, some way. Yeah, we, did we, did. we lost it. the semis there, and dodgeball we even made a run. We lost in what semis there? Or- semis and
0: dodgeball too, made it too.
1: Semis and dodgeball, which – dodgeball is a tough one to win. I mean, it was – you play outside, there's wind, you're throwing a very light ball, and you try to throw a rocket. It's not really heavy enough to really throw hot enough, so it strains your elbow a ton and your shoulder. It was just really hot. If we're throwing like tennis balls, I I, I could definitely – Go off. Not a tennis ball. You're not going to play the tennis ball playing dodgeball. If you play with something a little bit yeah, more weight like to it. Someone. You got a little bit more weight to it. You know, something. Yeah, something you're not a little gonna...
0: better. The balls you play in, like gym class. They were, like, yeah, that. Of, like, there you go. Kind of, like, those texture. Like, there I you like go. Those ones. But, yeah, these are the little like uh, pillow balls. I don't even know like, like the gopher balls. Whatever Sponge like sponge balls pillows, like foam, squishy, foam, yeah. foam. foam yeah, foam foam dodgeballs. Yeah.
1: Foam dodgeballs. You really couldn't throw those. Yeah, so It's so tough. Tough winning, yeah.
0: It's tough when you're playing on a full size basketball court trying to throw it to the back end. They're easy to catch, to be honest. So, both, I mean, both ways, it's easy to catch. So, yeah, uh, it was a good time, though. And then, what else? We did a bunch of sports. Football, science, we so had we... a run.
1: Football, we, we won yeah. a playoff game and then just had a tough end to our career. We played a really good team in a really good zone. We ended up losing by, I think it was like 30 points. It was tough. But they got – here's the thing. The defense, for us, we played pretty well defensively. It's just we gave them the ball, whether it was a turnover or by an interception or by downs, we gave them the ball, you know, in the 20-yard line or in. So, basically, first and goal – because I think fifteen, the fifteen yard that was a first down. So it might have been like just about first and goal. Let's say right around. We gave them three possessions there, first and goal inside our twenty. So that was tough. They scored in three of those. They had a pick six. So we really lost the game by like thirty two. I think it was thirty two nothing, something like that. But defensively, we played pretty well. Their scoring only came off of you know turnovers where they got the ball you know in our red zone already to start. That was hard. Uh, we did win a playoff game, which was good. It was it was a tough defense to figure out. We really didn't have enough time to figure it out. We just really thought at some point we'd turn things on like we have. We've had slow starts in games in football where we struggled the first few drives and ended up blowing a team out. I mean, the playoff game we won, I believe if I remember right, it was a 14, seven game, 14, 14 game after the first few drives. Oh, false. It was 14, nothing. We were down two touchdowns, got the ball back, scored, got an interception. That was 14, 14. Then up winning the game by two or three touchdowns, uh, and we had some big interceptions along the way. Um, So we we, we've had slow starts and we just figured things out. I think that's what happened in that game we lost. uh, You know, in flag football, I think we thought, okay, we'll figure it out by the second half. We just didn't uh, ended up being a fourteen nothing game at half, and then I think ended up losing thirty to nothing or something like that. So tough end to the career in football. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, tough end. We kind of expected that football is probably. I mean. One of our less likely to win the championship sports because there's so many teams. I mean, it's like, uh, a, it's uh, like a 32 yeah, I mean, team tournament. It's, yeah, it's like a 30. It's March Madness, pretty much, but BC fly football. And, I mean, <laughs> especially senior spring too. There was guys that in the league that played BC football for H D one, and then were playing in this league. So their careers were over. I mean, it was just nuts. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: I think compared to the other sports, that was probably least likely chance of winning the whole thing compared to I even mean, you know yeah. sports like dodgeball, a ball.
1: Uh, for, for hockey, I we had a great so. chance at. We just couldn't get guys healthy, not healthy, get, could, couldn't get guys to show up because of classes and work and stuff, you know, in the first semester. That definitely could have been the mm-hmm. uh, best opportunity. And softball, I, I shouldn't say, you know, we should win because, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, we did lose games. We should have won, which, I mean, mm-hmm. I get an excuse by right there by saying should have. But if you look at our roster, though, we definitely were better than an 0-3 finish in you know, last three games to close our careers. We were better than that. I don't mm. know. I can't make excuses because... Yeah,
0: I don't know what it was with that team. It's just we never we, really brought it all together since yeah, since that uh, semifinal game that we blew.
1: Yeah, last year. Today. In junior year, 10, right? Point. Yeah. Junior year, we had a tough tough end to our career junior year. And then senior year, I think we were 1-2 in the fall and then lost a playoff. Maybe won a playoff game and lost a playoff game, so we might have been... One and three or two and three in the fall, and then the spring, 0 and three to close. Or 0 and two, I think it was two games actually we played. We only played two because the third one was rained out, and then they did the tournament, and then we never played a tournament. So they were 0 and two in the senior spring. But regardless, we found ways to lose games. We're up by three or four runs, and then an error or two left and right. And here we are, you know, with the bases loaded, up by just one run, two runs, with no outs. That happened many times, and that's just how baseball goes. I mean, you got to get outs. That's part of the game, whether it's Pop-outs, ground-outs, force-outs. You have to find ways to get outs no matter you know what way it may be. But we found ourselves in a tough yeah. situation in softball just what every single game. Yeah, we couldn't get tough. the outs
0: whenever it mattered. Couldn't get the hits going in the end. Couldn't get the uh, outs we needed.
1: So. Yeah, the gloves and bats. It is what it is, yeah. But at the end <laughs> of the day, we did a good run.
0: We did well, a good good run run.
1: Uh, I think, what would you say Never is your favorite the, intramural. Intramural, but We didn't get the much. We, we had the memories. We had the memories. At yeah, least.
0: We got the memories. We won that game. <laughs> we did. Uh, I'd definitely say basketball was my number one. I just think the energy. I mean, we just go out there and have fun all the time. I mean, it's yeah. probably my favorite sport to play, too, just like pickup-wise. 100%. Um, so, those are definitely my favorite. And that's the one that we played start to finish with college. I mean, starting first semester freshman year through the Second end. semester, senior spring, so.
1: Yeah, yeah through the had end. Yeah, we going for a long time. 100%, we had a lot of good ads, too, you know, along the years of guys we got, you know, signing, you know, as a free agent. We mm-hmm. had a good run. I think
0: my favorite yeah, we kept sport, the same through four years. I mean, 100%. five or six of us played Definitely. the entirety of college.
1: Yeah, me, you, BK, Trost, Will. That was basically the five that were always there. Yeah. That yeah, five was, was always there. In um, mm-hmm. then Dan, obviously, so that, that six was a part of yep. every semester, just about. And then we had you know some other ads you know in there left and right whether it was you know Jack Foot getting him at the end but regardless though uh, I'd say my favorite sport to play was probably football considering me and Will always got you know fired up me and him I mean basketball me and Will got fired up we were fiery always but football oh, getting me uh, and Will going was obviously uh, was a sight to see I'd say my favorite game overall I'd say it had to be that co-rec game me you Maddie and Jack four v five in sure. co-rec basketball and we found a way to. Have a lead with like two minutes to go, four v five playing a four guy, you know defense, a two two zone, uh, which was, that was tough. was insane. They the other team was with
0: plays and stuff too. They were pressing us the last five minutes,
1: like. I forgot was about them pressing. I
0: was with five guys. Yeah. I forgot
1: about them pressing. pressing
0: us. It's not that easy was and five. We found out real fast.
1: That was brutal. I forgot about them pressing. There, like, I
0: mean, it was a tight game. There a minute and a half left. Unfortunately, we just couldn't make shots at the end of the game and. Yeah. They, I think they ended up winning by four or six. But still, I mean, incredible game going four and five. It's probably the most random group of people, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, we did see, it,
0: though. We just kind of added Jack and Natty, and that was it.
1: It was just like a big, like, screw it. Let's just go out there and ball. We did it. We were down 12 at one point. Then we had like a 13-0 run. back in the second half, yeah. Yeah, we were drilling threes, getting rebounds, playing good defense. I mean, me and you pretty pretty much locked at the paint. I'd say they, they had a couple mm-hmm. second-chance rebounds when, when I definitely got tired. You got a little tired. I mean, it was tough. For us to run with four guys. We had no subs. They had like four or five guys coming off the bench and then a couple of girls. They had like six or seven people on the bench and we had nobody. So it was it was mm. tough for us to compete. We gave it a good run. Uh I'd say that was my favorite memory overall in HBRLs. That game was awesome.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That was definitely my favorite one. That same night, BC basketball upside Virginia. Yeah. Um, just a great night on round. So definitely one of my highlights of second semester senior year.
1: Yeah, that was that was I would agree with that, that was definitely a highlight. I think senior week. Which now we can dive into that. I would say senior week was my favorite week overall. But my favorite individual sure. night, one of them probably was that Virginia game, the intramural night. I mean, that was just a simple time. We were mm-hmm. d- middle of March, dead middle of March, just hanging out, right? I think it was March, right? Or was first yeah, week it, of March? Yeah,
0: in February. Maybe, I think it might have been the last week before spring break in February. Okay, that's right. Yeah, it wouldn't but have been no since being in mid-March because that,
1: that would have been the tournament. From, uh, Circle. Yeah, you're right. It wouldn't have been March because that would have been March Madness if it was mid-March. Yeah, it must have been mid-February, late February, but... Similar times, I miss those days. I mean, we re- really had it all. Yeah,
0: seriously. Yeah, those nights were always the best. We were just super casual.
1: We had it all there. but that uh, no disrespect. 100%. So senior week, we can talk about that. What was your favorite moment of senior week? Was it at the Red Sox game, the mod relays? Was it uh, the Dance of the Decades? Was it commencement ball? Was it graduation? Uh, was it <laughs> that rainy night, one. that Sunday night? Or was it a Saturday night where it was pouring rain? and We were all out in the rain, you know, singing and everything with everyone outside of the mods. What would you say is your mm. favorite memory of those? I'd say, for me... Of Decades. of Decades was an that absolute that, blast. Yeah,
0: that was a great night. That was so much fun.
1: My voice is still recovering from singing all the lyrics to every single song. On oh, there. So, yeah, I'm
0: still uh, recovering down here in Andover. So.
1: Yeah, my voice is Great still night still overall. Great week. Off. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'd say the Red Sox game was a lot of fun, too. You know, having everybody go into the yeah, city. Yeah, that was great. Uh, commencement ball as well. Taking pictures, you know, in the public garden. That was awesome. And then walking, obviously, to the mm-hmm. Sheridan Hotel. That was fun. It was kind of a mm-hmm. tougher situation, I guess, considering things didn't really go as easy getting food and stuff at the Sheridan. I thought uh, with Dance of Decades, I thought it was a little bit easier to, you know, whatever, maybe getting food, getting drinks, it was a little bit easier doing all that. But the Sheridan seemed mm-hmm. like we were waiting in line yeah, for a time to get more prepared, It was definitely tough. We way, wasted time yeah. getting food and stuff at dance, at uh, the Sheridan. But Danzo Decades was mm-hmm. awesome. I'd say that was my favorite memory. That was, that was a great time. What would you say? is I'd your I think-
0: my two favorite nights nice I a tie, honestly. I mean, every night was great, honestly. The Red Sox game night, uh, Decade's Dance, uh, even the Trivia Night. Trivia, was yeah. Celtics Heat, Game 1, I think.
1: Yep, yep.
0: Uh, commencing ball, everything was great, but my favorite to going for a tie between Decade's Dance, though, it was just so much fun. Royale, everyone up there together dressing up as a decade. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: nothing better than that. The music they were playing was great, just a super fun night. And uh, that last Saturday night, too, we went to Golden Temple a bunch yeah. of for dinner. I came back. Big fan. Um, just everyone on the mob is pouring rain. Uh, ton of fun. So I think those are definitely tied for my top two nights to see in a week. But I agree with you, though. Definitely favorite week at BC. I mean, start to finish, it was just, we took full advantage of being on campus one last week. So.
1: 100%. I mean, what a blast it was, yeah, honestly. Yeah, I start mean, to finish. It was awesome. I, I think for everyone, I think everyone would probably agree that, even if, I mean, CD week, I mean, me and you, I know we agree it was that favorite week of college. It was definitely my, my favorite mm-hmm. one, my best one. But I think everyone would agree, even if it wasn't their favorite, it was definitely top. Like, I don't know if anybody oh, yeah. didn't have a good time. There was definitely sentimental moments, right? It I mean, it's emotional. It's emotional. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody enjoyed it, from what I saw. I, you know, everyone at OnBot, at least, had a good time. You know, so I think everyone agree mm-hmm. there, were, there were points yeah. in there. It was, you know, definitely a highlight of college. Um, and yeah, now, definitely obviously... definitely a lot
0: of everyone, but, I mean... 100%. Worth
1: it, 100%. So. Yeah, staying up late, Wouldn't obviously, seeing like everyone, saying bye to everyone. I mean, it was an emotional time, but we obviously made the best of it and, and, and enjoyed yeah, every yeah. second. Um, and then obviously, now if you look at it, I mean, we all got together this past weekend uh, in New Jersey and New York for a couple grad parties. That was obviously a blast seeing everyone again. Uh, that was two weeks without seeing everyone, and and seeing everyone it's like again is just a blast. Like being back,
0: yeah, back in the same place again. I mean,
1: it's like we have have all of us were
0: down in New York New Jersey for the weekend for a couple of grad parties. Um, ton of fun being back with everyone. I mean, it felt like it was yesterday, but also it felt like it's been years now. So, it's yeah,
1: weird
0: knowing that it's probably the last time that all of us were together for the,
1: I mean, for, for the long haul, we'll see. Yeah, for the long haul, I mean, we'll see how many we can get together in the future. But I know, you, I know, a good amount of you guys are going to Nashville mm-hmm. in a couple of days. You have yeah, a good amount there. a to good guys. crew in
0: Boston next year too, working in grad
1: 100%, and hundred percent. Yeah, stuff, so. that's true. Um, but for that one, especially this past week, I mean, there were a lot of guys that, I mean, a lot, a lot of kids will still be around Boston, but there's still a good amount that'll be New York you know elsewhere jersey whatever maybe so chicago, it's tougher yeah chicago exactly so it's tougher there Going across the country exactly i mean me and you went across the country for this for this journey we, we went through connecticut yeah new York, that was jersey. And a half
0: getting to uh middle of new jersey on five and, and a half hours
1: it, but on friday yeah we made it <laughs> we did it and then obviously <laughs> right, I I back, to drive over, right back to keys where it all began which was nice um obviously we made it you know made it work and then I mean, your playlist definitely worked as well. I think that helped, you know, things go along. Obviously, I knew me and you would be oh, able to yeah. talk sports and talk everything else in between, you know, BC, senior year, memories, and all that. But obviously, the music along the way definitely yeah, it was, was, drive. Uh, it was It was a journey, though. We did it, though. And it was worth it. I mean, considering yeah, I seeing everyone and just being back you know, in the same environment with everybody, it was pretty much it was an electric environment, I'd say. And then obviously, one thing we didn't <laughs> yeah, mention was, was, was King of the Court. You would have run. You won five or six games in a row. Oh uh, yeah,
0: Christian's grab party Saturday night. We played uh, King of the Court, just some old school one v one basketball. Yeah, I had a little run. You had a little run too.
1: Uh, I had a couple. Yeah, I was missing some shots I should make. Oh, I was Sunday, right? Yeah, it was Sunday. So i said we drove up Friday, drove Saturday, yeah. and then Sunday was the game. So added day to all our. All our recaps there, but uh, Sunday it was it was a fun day playing basketball there, I and mean, we played Saturday as well, right? We played Sunday morning, that's what it was. Sunday
0: morning, yeah, that was a tough morning to be playing basketball. I mean, people were seeing stars and stuff out there. I mean, it was eleven
1: a.m. in the hot sun. We played though. Yeah. three three v three in the hot sun. Me and you got the win with BK three v three. Got a big win. Yeah,
0: we got the dub out there. And uh New Jersey, so. yeah one of the known New Jersey basketball.
1: So. Yeah, one of them in New Jersey, and, fun, and then
0: I signed there, so I said that forever.
1: True. Want to know in Jersey. That's probably the last time I'll play, play basketball in Jersey ever. So, uh what a time that yeah, was. There we go. <laughs> but what a, yeah, what a good weekend it was though. So, I mean, we planned on doing an episode on the way back, you know, this past was it Monday afternoon, but we were like, why not yeah. just do one midweek like we're doing right now. And we could talk about everything. Cuz I think this is easier than just, you know, you yeah, focusing be able on to the
0: road to know that. And driving trying to drive through that stupid bridge in New Jersey and everything.
1: Definitely. It's easy you focusing on the road and then being able to do this now. So obviously we had the opportunity to do that and, 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 and things worked out definitely. So now mm-hmm. we can run and uh, talk some BC basketball, BC football. Uh, which one do you want to start with? Let's do it. Give some um, season predictions. We're at BC you football. Know. We're at BC so football. First, Why not? It's yeah. closer to start anyways. Um, so we open up in Northern yeah, Illinois to begin the year. Uh, and then Holy Cross of Florida State, all at home, all at noon. Uh, There's a team that has a lot of veterans coming back, Elijah Jones, Shida Salah, Vinny De Palma, uh, Chris Banks. Those are a lot of guys that have seen a lot of snaps at BC over the last few years that will be back in a BC uniform this coming fall. They have some young guys as well. Emmett Morehead's going into his second year now as-, as the quarterback, going into his red shirt, I believe, sophomore year, so he's a junior academically, but <clears throat> really his second year being a starter, really only a half a season he started last year since Phil Djokovic still played a good amount, uh, and he'll be going to Pitt. But what do you see in this BC football team record-wise, players-wise? I mean, we can go anywhere with it.
0: I mm-hmm. Um, I did want to see a little bit more hope than this year. I think the schedule's a bit easier, I think having a year with people getting healthy again and improved O line is definitely the sore spot of last season. Um had mm-hmm. coming under his second year at Q B now. And we got a little bit more experience and a little bit more continuity than we had between the twenty twenty one and twenty two seasons. Um I think things will be looking a little bit better. I'm still not really sure if Hathaway's the guy last season was obviously a huge um disappointment. Negative to yeah, yeah. huge disappointment all around. Um, I think this could be different considering our easier schedule. Um, anything less than 6-6, six 7-5 six, will be a huge disappointment. I mean, considering the teams we're playing. I mean, we got Northern Illinois, Holy Cross at home, Army. Um, a lot of yeah, Army. A lot of weaker ACC t- uh, ACC teams too in the schedule. Louisville, Virginia, Georgia Tech. Uh, there's UConn in there. We should definitely beat them. Uh, Syracuse v Tech have all been down recently, so these are all teams that we can definitely beat and I think in one of our better years we'd probably be 8-4, and 9-3 at the schedule so
1: yeah.
0: I mean this is really going to be a benchmark here for Halfley to see what he does I think 6-6 six six at the bare minimum if we can't even get to 500 I think you fire him I mean I think me or you could probably win 6 games at <laughs> the schedule honestly so yeah. I
1: don't
0: know it's going to be tough for sure but I like the roster we have coming in Halfley at the transfer portal pretty hard this year which is something he needed to do after an abysmal season that we had last year especially adding depth in the O-line um Christian Mahartney coming back healthy is definitely going to be huge for us. Yeah. Um, and keeping a lot of the same weapons that we had in past years, getting Joe Griffin back for another year is going to be huge. Beast,
1: um, yeah. Getting
0: uh, what was it? Dino uh, Tomlin. Ryan O'Keefe from UCF. Yeah, Dino Tomlin coming up into his career yep. too. Um, three, there. I mean, three good receivers there.
1: Three good receivers right there, obviously. That would be your
0: top three receivers right there.
1: O'Keefe Adam Griffin. And Jade Williams too. Yep, Jade Williams be back as well uh obviously bc didn't really have him towards the end of last season so he's another weapon in that offense that they need and chris mahogany made a great point one of the most highly regarded guys in the country. he'll be back healthy which is good and then you pair him with another guy on the o-line the like Ozzy chapillo who was great last year Is just a freshman I and mean, that's a pretty good offensive line to start with they're two really good anchors there so we'll see what bc looks like uh, looks like on the line but hopefully it's better and like i said with jeff halfley i mean things have to turn around from he's three and nine last year they're Fifteen and twenty under league, nine and seventeen in the ACC over his three years. Things have to change. Two and six in the ACC last year. Two and six the year before in the ACC. With a weaker ACC schedule this year, I think he has to be around four and four in the ACC and six and six overall if he wants to keep his job. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. I mean, this is definitely one of the easiest schedules in all of Power Five college football right now. I mean, looking at this right now, we only really have two hard teams that we have to play: at Florida State and Miami. Honestly. Yeah. And normally, I those are both
1: still winnable games. I mean... No Clemson.
0: A good team would go 12-0 against the schedule. I mean, yeah. not even the top team in the country. But, I mean, I would imagine that probably the top 15 teams in this country could go 15-0 on the schedule.
1: Yeah, it's tough at Florida State. That's the only a card one, like you said. Florida State's a tough team. Uh, I think that'll be a tough game for BC. But, I mean, you look at the of conference, Northern Illinois, Holy Cross, Army, Connecticut. It's pretty easy considering, I mean, you're playing a D1-2A team in Holy Cross. Ami, I mean, they run that, you know. uh, Ami and Navy, they both run those, uh, the triple options, yeah. Um, So, I mean, if you can figure that out, you should win that game pretty easily. Syracuse. Uh, i say is UConn, they lost to last year somehow, but now they're playing them at home. Should hopefully find a way to win that game, even with UConn improving over the past year or so. And Northern Illinois had yep. one of the roughest seasons last year for them. They're typically a good, you know, solid program, especially in the MAC. I've watched a lot of their games playing Central Michigan, Ball State, uh, you know, in, in Bowling Green, but they had a tougher season last year. I mean, that's a team that typically is better than they are they their weekend now. So BC should find a way to beat them, uh, pretty handily. <laughs> but, uh, like you said, I mean, to find yeah, it's a year.
0: I mean, Rutgers, UConn close game against Maine. I mean, you never really know to be honest but yeah definitely an improved roster this season i think we can get those wins
1: 100 i would agree with you there um and then if you look at it i mean like you said you have the offensive line getting healthier you have emmett moorhead now getting another chance i mean he had nine touchdowns and six picks last year in six games 60 completion percentage you hopefully see improvements there and i mean one big loss I mean, besides those receivers we named everybody coming back, that's good, adding a guy like Ryan O'Keefe for taking the spot on Zay Flowers. A big loss is Zay Flowers. You lose a lot of speed, a lot of versatility in the open field, obviously them going to Baltimore mm-hmm. twenty two overall. Great for him, obviously, but tough obviously for the BC program. Uh which we knew he was leaving. I mean, no one thought he was ever gonna come back, but it's still a tough loss regardless, of knowing you're losing mm-hmm. your stop player that could take it to the house at any given moment. hmm I mean yeah,
0: especially with the Way our offense left last year. I mean, that guy was pretty much our only offense. I mean he was the player of the team. Mm-hmm. That's it. He was really all we had. I mean, Phil had a really down year. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he Moore had, Dude, You can't really blame him because he was kind of thrown into it at the end of the season. Um, he was a freshman, too. Um, yeah. But still, I mean, Zay was really our only offense. He would just go to Zay and just let him work. And it worked sometimes. I mean, worked most of the time, actually, even though it usually wasn't enough. I mean, one guy trying to beat 11 defenders in the field is not the easiest thing to do. I am And he's the only one that's elite on the team. Yeah. Um, but hopefully this year with a better O-line and um, more developed receiving core, hopefully we can start to make up for that loss and even get a little bit more balance in the field
1: 100%. offensively
0: and defensively.
1: Yeah, hopefully they turn things around. Um, so if you look at that BC team, pretty much, as we said, pretty much an easy out-of-conference schedule. Should probably go three and one of those four games. Should beat Holy Cross, should beat Northern Illinois. Maybe I mean if UConn is on the uptrend like they were last year, maybe it could be a tougher game than we'd predict. But regardless, you should go three and one in that out of conference, if not four and zero, and then hopefully mm-hmm. find a way, you know, to win maybe three ACC games. If you go four three and one and then win three ACC games out of six, you're already at a six and six season, which would be an improvement from three and nine last year.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, even then, six and six definitely can't be upset about that. After three and nine, um, with the schedule though, I mean, you and I both know. I mean. This is an easy 7-5, even 8-4 maybe schedule. I mean, we're pretty much playing, besides yeah. 4 for pretty much the easiest ACC teams that we could play.
1: Not playing you know. Clemson, not playing UNC, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not playing any of the big teams in the ACC, so that's huge. Definitely got to take advantage this year. I mean, that guy's at Georgia Tech, uh, Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech you know, usually Georgia gives them a game. Schedule.
1: So Tech might actually be a tough game, but Georgia Tech, they should beat handedly. I mean, that's been a very weak ACC team over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Virginia too has been weak since they lost. Um, who was it, QB? Brandon Armstrong?
1: I think it was Armstrong. Yeah, I can't remember his name. They did lose a QB. But they lost. I think one other guy. Uh, I'm trying to think. They had the
0: QB before that too. Those good, Bryce Perkins.
1: Perkins was solid. Yeah, he was. He was solid. Mobile guy. Could could move around. Obviously, and make mm. some plays. Forgot about Bryce Perkins. Um, so yeah, I mean, you made a good point. They got to find a way to to go. At least seven and five, I'd say, but six and six, I'd still somewhat take just because it's an improvement from last year.
0: Yeah, even just being in a bowl game. I mean, after last year, it's hard to be disappointed about making that. So, I, mean, I guess we'll see with the schedule. But if half can't manage to go six and six with the schedule, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to justify keeping him after that. So, 100%. definitely make a break here for him.
1: 100%. I would agree with you there. So, there's our takes on BC football. Now we can move over to BC basketball, which is on a brighter note at least. BC basketball, good team, obviously, and there's obviously a lot to look forward to in the future for them. Uh, what do you see in this program? Obviously, last year having nine ACC wins was the most they did since, or most they had since 2010-2011, three top 25 wins, most had since 2008-2009. There's They're on an uptrend, which is great, and I don't think many people would really expect to take that big of a jump last year, but what do you see in this BC program? I know, obviously, you've been following them now pretty handily in their recruits over the last three or four years.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely see a huge uptrend here, both in recruiting and on the court production, I think. Earl Grant has almost been what Jeff Hafley has tried to be with football. I mean, delivering on his promise to hang in there with big teams. I mean, even though we only – I mean, three ranked wins is still great. Um, but we also had games with Duke at home where, I mean, that was so close. And we really had that pretty much at the end of the game, it felt like, until, I mean, a couple of tough calls at the end and couldn't finish at the end. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, regardless of that, I still think, I mean, that's the biggest indicator to me is the fact that we're hanging these big games because, I mean – a couple years ago, we had no shot against teams like Duke or UNC and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we look a lot better now, a lot tougher. I mean, the fact that this core is staying together now for year three, I mean, you got guys like Jaden Zachary, Quinton Post, um, even guys that came in last year, like a leg bag, coming in for another year. Um, that continuity is going to be huge for the team. Um, and then the recruits and transfers bring bringing in, too. I mean, we have DJ Hand, who was a recruit last year, four-star, but was injured coming back this year. For his redshirt freshman season. Uh Claude L. Harris, Junior, elite scorer from I think it was Charleston mm-hmm. Southern, maybe. Charleston Southern,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Charleston Southern. He averaged West uh I got 17, right? seventeen a game, four rebounds, two point three assists, sixty one career games, eight forty for points total, thirteen point eight a game in his career, one hundred and eleven threes in sixty games. So he averaged two threes a game just about. That's awesome. Uh which is That's kind of guy we
0: need. That's the kind of guy we all thought Madsen was gonna be last year. I mean, he's going back to I think he could definitely take a step up this year, uh, shooting wise. Um, definitely a little bit disappointed in the shooting last year, um, considering the fact that when he was brought in, he was kind of sold as a shooter.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I'm feeling a lot better with this team, too. I mean, it's still very young, and a lot of the guys are going to develop and take big steps this season. Uh, to League Bay, yeah, maybe Armani might have got some minutes at backup center. Jaden Hastings, another freshman coming in. Yeah. Looks like an- and when we were talking with him earlier from IMG Academy in Florida. Um,
1: Definitely. He had big offers, too. USC, Georgia Tech, Miami, Florida. Uh, it was, I think, Virginia Tech, Florida. There was, there was multiple big ones. USC probably was like probably the biggest. Uh, South Florida, as well. I know he was – I read that he was pretty close to going to. But he has a big office there. And, and he's a four-star yeah, recruit. Four-star recruit with ESPN and rivals. I mean, that that's huge. Like you said, looks like a beast. Powerful. I'm sure he'll get good minutes right away uh, as a freshman.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's already built. I mean, he's, what, 6'9", 6'10"? 6'9",
1: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Big guy, too. Goes up, gets the rebounds. Great shot blocker inside. Definitely the kind of um, interior defender and rebounder we've been needing. I mean, Post is great.
1: Um, How be great alongside Post. That's a
0: player, though. Mm-hmm. Having Post back is huge, too. I, if we didn't get Post back for this upcoming season, I'd definitely feel a lot more concerned about. I mean, maybe even going 500 in um, league, and play, league play. But, yeah. This year, I think we can be above average in the ACC. I mean, I don't see us being top five, but I could see us being six or seven, seven in the ACC. Middle of the pack? Yeah. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah I think that that would be obviously be solid considering the BC program. When we were freshmen, you know, we we're at the bottom of the totem pole. Making our way up to even six or seven would be huge. Um, so like you said, yeah, they got a lot of good returners coming back. Post, Zachary, a League Bay, uh Devin McLaughlin coming back as well. Mason oh, McLaughlin's Madgen. huge, yep. Uh, those those yeah. are a lot of big pieces. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, the roster's going to be great for this upcoming season. I'm, this is definitely the most excited I've been for a BC basketball season in a long time. I mean, this past season I was very excited too with the level of recruits coming in and seeing Earl's second year into the helm. Um, that was definitely um, something that was great to see.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just the talent and the roster getting a lot better. Um, 100%. I think this even more so. So definitely excited to see what's in store for
1: Earl and the boys this year. 100%. And then one last thing about them is that they did lose... Both Langford brothers, obviously, Makai Ashton Langford graduating, and then DeMar entering the portal. That's the only other big news, I guess. I, mean, I think we hit all the big recruits, all the big returners, all the big, you know, stats. We, I think we hit everything but that. And I, I, mean, I think DeMar leaving is tough, but at the end of the day, couldn't really find consistency on the floor. He'd have a big, great 15-point half and then just not do much in the second half. I think he was, you know, never really finding his footing, shooting-wise. Uh, he's a great driver. I think he's the most talented player on the team. I still think he's the most talented. If he was returning, I still yeah, say he's the most he's talented a, player. But great
0: athleticism, for sure. Never really found a shooting, which was tough. Um, yeah. I mean, when he was open for three, it was kind of tough because he could never really space the floor. I mean, you'd kick it to him for an open three, and he'd just either pass it up or try to drive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so really never turned into the complete offensive player. I think that we were all hoping for him to become.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, losing Ashton Langford too, is tough, obviously. That's
1: big, veteran-wise, running
0: of eligibility. Um, but I think Claudel Harris can hopefully take his role. Um, similar players, a little undersized, but good drivers, great scores, um, can get a buck when you need them too. So how does that, that was the idea behind getting Claudio Harris was to replace McKay. So
1: I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, obviously tough losing a thousand point scorer like him, but seems like we have a great option coming in.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think DeMar, the consistency was, was tough. I think obviously it might help him a change in scenery. I think it might help. It might even help, um, you know, For sure. I, I know he did want to go to the draft at some point, right? Was it, did he declare at some point? I can't remember.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, it was after a sophomore season.
1: Yeah, he, he declared, came. right? Mm-hmm. I think, and then obviously came back. Um, so I think it might even help his, you know, career playing, you know, in a different place, maybe get a change of scenery, looking at, you know, more minutes maybe somewhere else, more shots, being in front of different scouts that might help him. And then obviously from Makai, big loss, veteran leadership wise, big loss scoring wise. We took a lot of big shots at BC, made some big shots at some big moments. Uh so he's obviously lost there. But uh considering, you know, the guys they have coming in the guys returning, I think B C Bass was in a good position, like you said.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely starting for that season. And I see us going above five hundred in ACC play and overall play this year. So, definitely looking forward to it. Definitely have to get into a few games.
1: Yeah, we'll be at both BC football and BC basketball, I'm sure. And then, obviously, even BC hockey, I'm sure. We'll hit it all, you know, as we typically would try, uh, even when we were there. I think we went to every single football game, obviously. And then most basketball games a good amount of hockey, some baseball even in the mix. We tried to make every game we could, you know, when we were there. Now it's a little bit yeah, tougher, but, I mean, we're still not too far away from where we'll be at to campus. So we can still make our way. Yeah, we'll
0: bigger football games, bigger basketball games for sure.
1: Definitely. I mean, why not, right? Nothing. Not everyone like last
0: year. But, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, team's looking good, so may yeah, as well.
1: 100%. I'm with you. So anything else you want to add in? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think we crushed it. I think it was great. Good episode, obviously. Yeah, good episode. To- to get back into the mix. Uh, and like me and Zach said, I mean, at some point, we're going to still probably do episodes in the future and throw things on YouTube. This will be still on Spotify. We still have that until July 1st. So anything 3. goes down with the Celts, if we ever want our record over the next few weeks, we do have for another three weeks. Um, so if Celtics make a big move, maybe make a signing, trade, whatever it may be. Uh, we can obviously hop back on here. But after that, we'll still probably do some every now and then. Uh, when you're on Southie, I'm in Southie, and we'll probably do YouTube uploads after that. But uh, we'll keep everybody yeah, post obviously. Yeah, we'll keep the sure. Instagram. Yeah,
0: we've got a few things going on through the summer, too. I mean, definitely things going on, on MLB, I mean, NBA,
1: NFL. Yeah. Oh, NFL, too. I mean, that, that'll that be – that was the that was what we started with when we first started doing. It was a lot of Patriots in BC football.
0: Yeah, where it all started, before even uh Celtics started,
1: I think. 100%, yeah. We were talking that's a lot of Patriots good, and that. BC football you know our first episode, if I remember right. Uh, so we'll get back into the mix there, obviously. With that, um, we'll keep everybody posted. Obviously, we'll, this will still be online, uh, we'll obviously do, uh, you know, still YouTube uploads, like we said. We'll keep the Instagram around to keep people, you know, notified and updated. But uh, it was a pleasure getting back doing this. I mean, you know, we've meant to do this now for two, three months, uh, and finally found yeah, the time to do it.
0: Great to be back here, though. Um, even though it's on Facetime, not in the studio anymore, but still, always great talking sports. So, hundred percent. Enjoy being back for sure.
1: Yeah, so much Let's appreciated uh as always for everyone that listens in whether it was you know live on the air or through spotify uh maybe we throw this up I'll, i might, might throw this up on the instagram and say like hey check out the last episode or something uh, yeah, yeah, well, latest episode. i'll say check it out our latest episode whatever it is i mean you know people are hearing it now if you're listening now i mean you already found out um but regardless i think we should maybe throw it up why not advertise it but anyways that'll conclude yeah. it i'm with you there though might as well but uh that'll conclude it thank you guys so much for the good time to listen much appreciate as zach said and i've said We'll be back at some point, and we'll keep everyone updated Mm. for sure.
0: Yeah, thank you everyone so much for listening. We love doing this. Really appreciate the support. So we'll be back at it soon enough. Get a few episodes in over the
1: summer, so can't wait for it. Yes, much appreciated, guys. Have a good one, and take it easy. Thank you.